Welcome to episode 122 of Look at My Records. I recently had the opportunity to chat with the great Brooklyn-based alternative pop band Brother Moses. They relocated here from Arkansas in 2018, and they just released their second full-length Desperation Pop. You can get it on Bandcamp. Highly recommend you do that as tomorrow, May 1st. Bandcamp will be waiving their portion of the fee that they take. So all proceeds from purchases tomorrow on Bandcamp go directly 100% to the artist. Great time to pick up Desperation Pop. It is available for pre-order on Red Vinyl and you can digital download it right away. Before we get into the interview where we discussed desperation pop at length i wanted to play a song that i really like from their 2018 full-length magnolia it's the title track so enjoy magnolia by brother moses and after that we'll jump right into our interview you're listening to the look at my records podcast underneath The magnolia tree You found me there Suddenly without a care In the world And it all occurred Without a single word Like a dream been had before an old familiar door You were the key Welcome to Look at My Records. I'm here with the great brother Moses. I believe all of you are at various different locations in New York City right now. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, More or less. More or less, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Moses is in Pennsylvania is what he's trying to say. (laughs) Sick. Moses, where are you at in Pennsylvania, my friend? Uh, Easton, Pennsylvania. Nice. I went to college there, so I'm very familiar with Easton, oh, Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Like Lafayette College? Lafayette, uh, yes. Nice. It's really I funny. Like right, yeah, I live right across the river. Cool, man. Brother Moses just released a new record in the beginning of March, Desperation Pop. It's available on Red Vinyl. 
pre-orders yeah. are still up for that, correct? Yeah, we uh, we hope it happens. We uh, have. It seems like the production is going to be delayed due to uh, maybe the people at the the people at the plant have been hard to get in touch with here lately. Um, but eventually, hopefully, as as a lot of people have been saying about a lot of things. Um, Pre-orders are up, and eventually they will exist. <laughs> Excellent. Can't wait to get my hands on it. This is your second LP. Definitely interested in your background story. You're all from Arkansas, and you all met at the University of Arkansas. That's in Fayetteville, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you decided to come to New York City as a band already, which is interesting to me because I feel like a lot of musicians come to New York, then join bands. You guys all transplanted the band from Arkansas to New York. What was that like for you guys? Well, we've been talking about it for a long time. And um, we, we all had the sense that we wanted to move to a bigger city. And but but we still felt like we had something really nice going with the band, and so um, you know after a long time of deliberation, we just decided to pull the trigger and do it. Yeah, it was it was more like a, a just like a group relocation of of just like all of us wanting to move here, uh, kind of conveniently, more than it was like a like a band move i think and then it became a band move oh interesting like, so kind of, it was like yeah. an individual thing but then it kind of was we're all gonna go at the same time type of thing more or less yeah it was like a few a couple years before it happened we we were all in, individually wanting to live here at some point and then uh then we just decided to do it all at the same time which ended up kind of happening it took like four or five months to get everybody up here but yeah and that occurred in 2018 what what kind of like spurred that at first and then how do you think new york has impacted affected the evolution of your sound <clears throat> especially on this uh latest record desperation pop at first um the immediate impact of it was that we, uh, we we didn't have as much time to get together and we're, we ended up working on music in these like sporadic chunks outside of like we'd go to like somewhere upstate or we'd um, uh, you know like go go out to Pennsylvania or something and so it was a lot different than how we'd written in the past where we were when we lived in Arkansas, we had a rehearsal space that we could rent like by the month. And so, you know, about half of our first record we in that room off and on radically. Whereas with this one, after we moved and we realized we had to sort of energy in these short bursts, I think that ended up impacting the way that maybe established like a, like a more intense energy and each of them since they were yeah like more focused and so comparing that to maybe writing and recording your previous records is there a lot more pressure on you as a writer because you have to 
really coordinate how this is going to be written and how you're going to get together and execute it within certain periods of time? Or did it kind of flow more naturally for you? I think there are... Sorry, go ahead, Moses. Um, I would say to to the first part of that, that it did... At first, it felt like there was like a lot of pressure because of the drastic change that we that we had um, before. Like James said, like we had we had ample time to write, and like in our twenty four hour accessible like rehearsal space. And then now we have to sort of like plan out, like okay, we can only focus on these these three ideas because we only have three days to, to you know to be holed up in like a house somewhere, you know. I was going to add to that, like, there, there's that pressure of, um, like, okay, we have to figure out how to do this. But um, I, I found that whenever we were in those situations, I, I felt less pressure because I was just, like, excited to be there. Like, whenever we would get together in Arkansas, it was such a normal thing that happened that, you know, a lot of times you have to like force that energy into it and and in these scenarios i feel like anytime we do a writing retreat or just like a day session um i felt like we were all just really excited to be there you know uh, tell me about the name of the record desperation pop uh seems like you guys talked about in a separate interview kind of the urgency you're feeling with this record um explain or expand on that a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely, so we were kind of talking about the added pressure um, of just like short windows of time that we have to work on stuff, but it's also, there's so much just like intensity to this place that we live now. And I think that really has come out lyrically in songs, like what does it take and stuff especially, Um, but also just in like, in the tension that we have created in some of the songs. so that's kind of the desperation side of it, but we're, at the same time, we're still trying to create, you know, music that you want to dance to and music that feels good and is easy to listen to and stuff like that. So desperation pop, I think, to us is kind of um, just the crossroads of those two seemingly very separate ideas. It started out as uh, like a, the mission statement for what we wanted to make in this studio because we made. Uh, our previous album, we felt like it was a little rough around the edges and we wanted to kind of shine things up a bit and like polish the production a little bit. But I think the thing that we've always really liked about our our songs is is the sense of urgency that can come across in them sometimes. So we ended up like writing it on a sheet of paper when we were in the studio and having it up on the wall. And then I, I just kind of kept telling everybody I thought that should be the album title until uh, people stopped arguing with me about it. <laughs> but, but I think it was something that we like weren't able to kind of rally behind. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that the time you spent on producing the record and making sure it's it sounded really shiny. I could definitely hear that and i was curious as to what specifically you did different and what did you pour over maybe necessarily to make sure that it was produced the way that you wanted to what did that involve on your end in the studio we gave ourselves more time um whenever we recorded magnolia is like in a matter of 
I think we had 10 days, right? It's like, <laughs> like a song or more a day. Um, with these songs, we would go to the studio and then um, come home and, you know, we'd have some time to like listen over them and like figure out what, what we want to change, what we want to add. Um, so that, that really helped refine things. Yeah, it was way one of the things that we decided we wanted to do was treat the vocals different than we had before. Records, we'd kind of not, not put much of an emphasis on harmony or, um, or like doubling or anything. That's something that we kind of were attracted to out. Um, so we crazy with the vocals on this. It kind of lended itself more to uh, the pop shimmery quality we get. Yeah, I think it also helped a lot that, I mean, we just all got better at our instruments. So like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, something I'm also curious about, speaking of better, getting better at your instruments, is this the same lineup that's been playing together since your inception at uh, University of Arkansas in Fayetteville? And do you remember your initial first meetings and formations or practices or anything like that? And when did it really click amongst you? Well, uh... First of all, this this isn't the original lineup. We have lost one member in this, but um, I can I can remember personally, like when we met back in college, I was not very confident <laughs> at all. And any anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I I feel like like Corey said, like I feel like well, I feel like Corey doesn't really have room to talk here because he's always been incredible at drums so uh i think it's really just the three of us that have improved a lot <laughs> over over the years we we like when we first um us have been in the band well moses and i started the band um really early when we were in college and john Lewis, a different band and uh we didn't really know Corey at the time we had a different original drummer and then when we first started the band, it was like really just kind of frenetic energy about wanting to be in a band without actually that much time thinking about what our band was. It was just like we were ready to like to band and play shows. And uh, I think a lot of our Lewis joined the band marked a big like step up which is kind of like mid 2015 um joined and when john lewis joined had kind of been playing with us a little bit playing keys which is not his primary instrument he's a really good uh, guitarist and he said I'll, I'll join your band but i'm not playing keys i'm playing guitar and <laughs> moses and i were already playing guitar in the band and so we really had to sit and think about it. And Moses and I both being really stubborn, we're like, well, we're not going to stop playing guitar. I guess we're a band with three guitar players. <laughs> <laughs> and when you decide to be in a band with three guitar players, you really have to start being in intentional about what your guitars like and the parts that you're writing. And you have to arrange more carefully or else you're just going to have a bunch of mud. And so I think like that was a big, like that was kind of when the band really, started to become what it is now was when we started to put those pieces together with the three of us and then Corey came in and uh we were like oh th this this guy's 
really good at the drums. We never have to worry about that ever again. <laughs> Great origin story. Let's go back to Desperation Pop. I love the record. A lot of standout yeah. tracks on the record. I really like one of the singles, Sam and Diane. Uh, tell me a little bit about that song. And I also kind of like the Cheers reference. And then I, I kind of want to get into the the Jeff Goldblum uh, <laughs> snippet on the record and the song Goldblum as well. Sure, yeah. Sam, Sam and Dan was um, kind of the first song that we wrote for uh, the new batch of songs. And um, we, we were in Colorado and uh, writing songs in a house for like a week. And um, the rest of the guys kind of came up with a, a little, no, no real structure or lyrical ideas, but they had uh, so many melodies floating around and this one little idea and they texted it to me while I was driving from Arkansas to Colorado to meet them for this like writing trip. And on the drive on the way there, this is not the greatest thing to admit. Uh, I apologize for myself, but I have my phone. Uh, there's like a trick you can do where you have the dashboard and so that the screen did up in the windshield, you can kind of like see it as part of the road. Uh, this is a terrible thing to admit that you've done, but <laughs> I, was, I was like binging, like rewatching Cheers this is a show that I kind of like grew up with. I think a, a bunch of us watched when we were kids. Uh, it was just kind of like binging it on this drive to Colorado. And it was kind of in my head. And when I got there and I wanted to lay down some like, some vocals on this idea that they had made, that was really fresh in my mind. And that was kind of where, where that came from, I guess. It was a really dangerous uh, trip that I made. <laughs> Danger creates or begets good shit though (laughs) that's good another song i really like bathroom floor which is the last single from the record another uh relationship centric song that you recorded a couple of different times before you came up with the final version why did you decide to i guess scrap the original recordings uh, and then redo it again well we yeah. With some songs, you you immediately capture the feeling of like what you're trying to go for, and then with other songs, you have all these parts that you like, and um, that was the case with Bathroom Floor. Like, there's like this initial idea that had a lot of feeling in it, and then like we came up with all these cool parts, and then we recorded a version of it, and we we're like, well, we like a lot of these parts, but it doesn't feel good anymore. Like. It doesn't convey like what we're trying to convey and and so we just like went over and over trying to figure out like a a way to rework the song for like a year until we were finally in in the studio for like our last chance to to get it right and and what you hear is what came out (laughs) yeah we yeah it was a day it was like the night before we tracked the entire song that we actually that we came up with like the final structure of the song <laughs> yeah honestly a lot of the a lot of the structure stayed the same throughout all it was just like 
it kind of felt like halfway through the song we had done what we needed to do and then the second half just kind of maintained and then we came up with that middle section where everything cuts out and this Corey switches up the beat and that kind of felt like oh we this is enough to step away from that original feeling to where we, th we think it's still an interesting piece of music after the first minute and a half and then John Lewis and Moses each had had these individual parts where they get to kind of tear a hole through the thing with like some guitar solos and so we were like if we can just solve a minute then this thing is fine and then <laughs> that's what we were able to do that night I think cool and I like how you mentioned that you wrote some of this or maybe all of it on a writing trip to Colorado is that something that you've done in the past where you separate from your normal surroundings to work partially or entirely on a batch of songs? And do you envision yourself doing that for the writing process going forward? Yeah, so we were kind of forced into that. When we were writing most of Magnolia, we ended up going to, uh, where was that? I don't remember where that was. Uh, Dardanelle, Arkansas. Dardanelle. Yeah, we ended up having like a stretch of time where we just threw a bunch of songs at the wall and tried to make as much happen as we could in a short amount of time. And we found that it was like, we got a lot done. You know, that was intense and too much and stuff, but we got a lot done and like, we thought we'd try it again, but in a less tense kind of setting. I think that was kind of the idea behind the Colorado trip. And we also just had a really nice, like, comfortable place to do it which was awesome really like inspiring scenery that helped a lot too and as far as going forward i think that's kind of gonna be a big part of everything going forward because we don't have like they were like james was saying earlier we don't have just a regular practice space now where we can just pop in and jot a thing down we have kind of have to make a make a weekend out of it at least so cool and now i do want to find out about this Goldblum song where it's definitely Jeff Goldblum talking at the end of the song where he introduces your band. What's the story behind that? Did you meet Jeff Goldblum at one point? And is the song about Jeff Goldblum or is it just named Goldblum? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's just named Goldblum. <laughs> um, in twenty in twenty fifteen, right? 2015 we were uh, recording our first our the ep legends and um, we had talked to this producer out there um raymond richards and he lived in la at the time so we spent i think i think it was like five days we spent with him and so one of the days uh we found out that jeff goldblum was doing uh that he plays jazz piano at this nightclub in downtown la so we all ended up getting tickets to it <laughs> Somehow, I, I didn't even know how that even happened, but we got tickets to it and we went and we sat like front row. And one funny thing is, is that we thought since, you know, it was a night, it was like a, like a, you know, sort of like a jazz club. We thought we needed to like dress up a little bit. So I remember we went to like a thrift store and we bought like, like these really cheap, <laughs> like button up shirts, like, like a nice, like dress shirt. And, Blazers um, too. Yeah, Blazers too. <laughs> and uh, Jeff Goldblum ended up making jokes at us all night. 
Moses, I'm pretty sure <laughs> you were wearing a bow tie. Yeah, Moses. I think I was. I think I was. I think he called um, me. Uh, he called me Salmoneo. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a young Salmoneo. It was one of the coolest nights of our lives. Like, yeah. five feet away from us playing piano all night, and then like at the end of it, he just steps off the more right there, and we'd hatched this plan. It was complete like planned like we whipped out an iphone just asked him if he wanted to say something for us to put on our record which was we were making at the time and when we originally recorded it and we were on this like small record label we sent it to them and we we're like we think this should be on the record we're total wusses about it they were like oh no that he it'll get us in trouble his people will find it and they'll ask us to take it down and such and such and then that kind of scared us from doing anything with it from for like five years. But then we we decided like we've kind of found a place for him that we really wanted to use it um, before some ad happened with Jeff Goldblum and we couldn't use it anymore. So we went ahead and just popped it in. There. This was a good opportunity to use it. It meshes well. It's a nice little piece in there. I like it a lot. <laughs> So, Thank you. Uh, so let's uh we're gonna play some songs from desperation pop which i'm very excited about i definitely wanted to play uh sam and diane wonderful wonderful song also wanted to play gold bloom as well for obvious reasons uh other songs I really liked on the record. We talked about Bathroom Floor as well, but Love Will Set You Free and What Does It Take? Uh, do you guys want to say anything about those two before we play them? Well, uh, What Does It Take, I feel like, is the most obvious. Uh, you asked earlier about like what uh, living here, like how it's influenced the music, and I feel like that one is the most direct inspiration. Um, draws a lot on just like the collective struggle of living in New York and um, the frustration, but also excitement. And um, that was another one where it kind of came together in like a little writing session. And I have, a, I just want to like share this memory because it always sticks in my head. It's like, I remember us being like really tired and like some Airbnb that we were like really worried we we're gonna get kicked out of. It's like at the middle of the night and we're just like all huddled around this microphone with our shirts off, like jumping up and down and yelling, what does it take? <laughs> and like, we just thought this is the most ridiculous thing we've ever made, uh, but we have to keep going. <laughs> all right, so let's play all these great songs that are on Brother Moses's new album desperation pop you can get it via brothermoses.org noticed you guys had the dot org domain awesome that's a story <laughs> that's yeah that's a we're, story we're, uh... tell tell it right now go <laughs> Uh, I don't know if we want to get into it, but we are uh, we're, 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 we're so certainly our, trying to get our old drummers. Oh no, no, no! I, I think the simplest way to put it is the best, which is that our our old drummer's mom owns BrotherMoses.com, <laughs> and it's not that I think she's wanting to hold on to it. I think there's just a break in communication between 
her and the entity of the band. <laughs> we need to unite them so that yeah. you can get that domain, the .com domain back. That'll be the, the good thing that comes out of 2020, in addition to a great new album from Brother Moses, Desperation Pop. But we can only I'm, hope. I'm on your team to get the .com domain back. So we're going but you can get the record. You can pre-order it on limited edition red vinyl via brothermoses.org. We're going to hear Sam and Diane. Diane, what does it take? Gold Bloom, Bathroom Floor, Level will set you free, and then we'll be back. Try to sleep with the TV on, but it was the one that I can't turn off. Sam and Diane get together again, but they part in the end. I hate that ending. I think that I get what you meant. I still can't sleep, and I don't like how you left it. It's my luck that you're still wide awake, and I know without a word that you're probably on your way. You came in with your head held down, and I could the worry on your chin like a face mask I think it's strange how you don't talk back Like you ended the discussion in your head with a comeback If it's easier to stay in my place We can move to the sofa and remember how the dance goes We refuse to let the night die quiet And the morning is a hurry getting tangled in your work It's summer again I wonder which part of the globe Is getting over you I'm doing my best back at home I wonder if you know I sleep chained up to the phone Then you're home again And I don't even lock the door anymore You can come and go as you please and we'll keep up the dance Till your mother needs you home for Christmas Yeah, I'll see you in the springtime I don't think this is how love works But we're beautiful and young So we can let a little time go I don't think this is how love works But we're beautiful and young So we can let a little time go I think that if we're meant to die together And we can't see it now We might never see it ever I think that if we're meant to die together And we
barely left the house before the day started breaking You make it to the train, but then you hear it's running late Thousand bucks a month to keep you a pillow off the pavement When's it gonna work? When's it gonna break? What does it take to be wanted? What does it take to live a little bit? What does it take to be wanted? What does it take? Twenty-something years and still nobody really wants you Save for all your family and a couple lonely friends Looking back it feels like you've been working for this moment Now that it's arrived you're wondering when it's gonna end Hey, thank you so much for listening to Brother Moses. That's Brother Moses. Thank you so much. Backwards over your own 
And can't get out of bed when I hear you in the kitchen Cause you, you have more to say about all your thoughts and worries Surrounding my condition Ooh, I can't understand it, I know that it's hard To be happy in my presence You, you won't let it go And I think I'm getting more indecisive by the second You think I should talk to somebody Love will set you free, but it'll hold you tight 
songs from brother moses's brand new album desperation pop which again you can order on limited edition red vinyl it'll be there at some point mm-hmm. via brothermoses.org we heard sam and diane what does it take gold bloom bathroom floor level set you free of course the record's also available on all streaming platforms as well Great record. Congratulations on its release. I wish it was being released into a better world right now, though. But it'll help the world get better. <laughs> All right. Do you guys have a band camp, too? Brothermoses.bandcamp.com? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could also get it. As well. yeah. Get yeah. it there as well. That's all the info you need. <laughs> all right. We're transitioning to the second portion of the program where you pick some records from my record collection and we're going to play them. Starting with Wild Pink's Mm. Yolk in the Fur, their second album. Jewels in the Runoff. Beautiful, beautiful song selected by James. Yeah, that is one of my favorite albums from... Uh, that year and it's been an album I've been listening to a lot since shit hit the fan uh, so to speak because it just kind of radiates this calm and beauty and makes me feel like everything's gonna be okay even though the like lyrically it's a little bit dark at times it's just like this warm incredibly like um just pretty album and that song in particular is like 
that song's like a real like sunrise moment on the album where light just kind of explodes out of it and just really love it. It's been special to me recently, so that's why I picked it. Great record. Have you run into them? They're they're also from Brooklyn. Also moved as a band similarly. I think they're from Buffalo originally. That's cool. I, I don't know anything about them as a band. That's really cool that they're here. I didn't know that. <laughs> you guys should play a show together when shows are allowed. I think it would oh, be a yeah. blast. I'd be there. Awesome. I would definitely be there. <laughs> that would be wild. Yeah, big fan of Wild Pink. They're great. And I mean, they're only, a, they're a trio too. So it's really? always impressive. Yeah, they're a trio. So it's always impressive to me that they're able to get the sound that they're able to get out of just three people playing, mm-hmm. even live as well. So that's really impressive. Wild Pink. Great pick james oh thanks tom killing it i would recommend that album to anybody during this time it's like a good morning if you want to go on a walk in the morning uh with your little face mask on and (laughs) just feel okay that would i would recommend that record yeah I'd, i'd recommend it for that i'd also recommend it for opening the window in your apartment and sitting on your couch drinking coffee type of thing yeah. but yeah. just the just the first hour of waking up you know while you're still like kind of half asleep type that's of exactly thing. what it sounds like exactly yeah. yeah on the same page with that up next road to nowhere off of little <laughs> creatures by the talking heads john lewis can't yes. go wrong in new york <laughs> Picking the talking heads. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those bands that just like changed my life and changed my uh, my whole music taste. I remember um, like being in in like junior high, being kind of like a weird uh, nerdy kid, and my my dad showed me this band, and I was like, I didn't even know that music could be like this, and I. Remember, like watching their music videos and just being blown away and uh, and amazed by how eccentric it was. Um, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Up next, one of my favorite bands, Wilco, Impossible Germany, Sky Blue. Sky Blue is the album selected by Moses. Can't go wrong with Wilco either. This is a, a greatest hits of selection here because you guys are all selecting really good stuff. Love Wilco. I mean, you really can't. Like, I've. <laughs> it's funny because, like, back in like the the seventh grade, whenever I started really getting into music, I listened to Wilco because I think I think I saw an interview with like Seth Seth Meyers, and it was like his favorite band. And I started listening to them and I was like, what? This is like, this is like for dads. <laughs> and, then, and, then, uh, and then it wasn't, it honestly wasn't until I got to college that I'm like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. <laughs> and uh, whenever I first listened to Impossible Germany, it was uh, like, that was a real game changer as, as far as a guitar player goes. Um, Cause that, uh, it just puts you that whole song just puts you in a place and you get to live in that place 
for five minutes and whatever seconds, like almost six minutes long. And you just want to stay there the entire time. And I remember actually whenever we were, uh, me and John Lewis were working on the solo to, uh, to level set you free. That was like one of like the inspirations for that solo. Like we specifically talked about like, okay, we should make this, you know, sort of like impossible Germany-esque, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, it was a, that's a really huge track for me, right? Like musically and like as a musician. Moses, have you ever seen the live set, like the Wilco live set from like Belgium? Yeah, um, I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen that thing on like probably like 500 times now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like the definitive Impossible Germany solo in my opinion. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, it's, yeah. So they recently put out a list. I think it was Pitchfork of Wilco's best live performances, and my favorite one. And it doesn't really have anything to do with how they played, but it was a good show. Watching it on YouTube it was actually broadcast on HBO at the time in 1997. But right before their encores at Irving Plaza, they went in the green room and then took out a tray of deli meats and then started throwing it into the crowd <laughs> oh, so yeah. it's that known was... as like the deli tray incident right because they were so weren't they just really like they were they were not being received well around that time i think i don't think it was i think it was because they said this is the first time we've had a green room with like deli meats or something oh. <laughs> <laughs> so then yeah. they just so, took it out and started yeah. throwing it at everyone yeah, so. we should definitely definitely start doing that yeah, <laughs> yeah. when that when that, <laughs> when that rough trade show is rescheduled because that's a nice venue i'm sure they have a a, a platter <laughs> in the back room when that show of yours is rescheduled. Yeah. In like the fall. I'll we're be there to sure. help throw deli meats with you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll. <laughs> <laughs> right. Corey with the last one, the boxer by Simon and Garfunkel. We got three out of four New York artists, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, this is uh this is the sentimental pick for me. This is like the first music that I remember loving. Um, it was something my dad was always playing when I was growing up and stuff, so it was just kind of around. Um, it's like the first drum part that I remember thinking was like a drum part, which is almost silly because it's just a snare. There's no part, but it's just that, that really distant, epic snare. I think it was recorded in like an elevator shaft or something. So it's like first music, the first drum part. Um, I don't know. I feel like it was really integral. Um, it's also one of those like the record bridge over troubled water but then just any simon and garfunkel it's just like it's always it's gotten me through all of like the ups and downs of music taste so like even when i went to my metal phase or whatever i was still listening to simon and <laughs> nice you know like no matter what i was listening to that made it in, that made the cut that probably completely balances out super heavy metal riffs that's like the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum yeah so that's good you, <laughs> you were staying balanced even back then yeah in your metal phase <laughs> all right we're playing these records selected by the men of brother moses 
Wild Pink, Talking Heads, Wilco, and Simon and Garfunkel, and then we'll be back to wrap things up. Give us 
impossible to me Unlikely Japan
just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. I squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises. All lies and jest, still a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. No more than a boy in the company of strangers In the quiet of the railway station running scared Laying low, seeking out the poorer quarters Where the ragged people go Looking for the places only they would know By the But I get no offers Just to come on from the wars on 7th Avenue I do declare there were times when I was so lonesome I took some comfort there la 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 la
All right, we're back. We heard Jewels in the Runoff by Wild Pink off of Yolk in the Fur. Road to Nowhere by the Talking Heads off of their album Little Creatures. Impossible Germany by Wilco off of Sky Blue Sky. And The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel off of Bridge Over Troubled Water. Brother Moses's selections. Brother Moses, it was so much fun hanging out over Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully soon we'll be able to hang out for real in real life. So, before we end, ideally, what do you have planned? Probably nothing really because the situation (laughs) is so uncertain. But what do you guys foresee as far as maybe in the fall? Do you want to hit the road? You guys have done a a lot of touring for a band that's been together, you know, five or six six years since you said you formed in 2015. But I've seen just by reading, it seems like you guys have really done your rounds on the road as well. Do you want to get back on the road uh, as soon as possible? Yeah, definitely. For yeah, sure. <laughs> we we had kind of like started to, um, I mean, even before we moved, uh, reorient our lives around being able to tour as much as possible. And I don't like I don't know what it looks like if that's not the case anymore. <laughs> like so, I think you know, just for pure functionality, it'd be good to have that back. And we also there's songs on the new record that. We haven't gotten to play live yet uh, because of the timing of everything. And we think that they might end up being like our best live songs. So yeah, that's just an itch that we can't wait to scratch. And we're hoping we have a bunch of stuff scheduled for uh, August and September, which is very much on the cusp of like, could could definitely happen, especially since we're not playing big old venues and big old crowds, but also very well could not happen. So it's a really weird, uncertain time for people like us right now who play like rooms of, with capacities of just like a couple hundred, you know, because the fate is really undecided as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping those types of shows will be able to come back Mm-hmm. soon there's a lot of stuff in the news but i think that's more geared to the coachellas of the world which i don't sure. fucking give a shit about anyway but um what's one of those songs that you would that you had mentioned that you didn't get to play live yet from the new record anything we haven't played yet we can finish the show with one of those mm. yeah yeah, it worked out really well, probably. The, the the album Closer, How Many Years, is one that we've not played live because it's a six and a half minute song and you don't want to play a six and a half minute song that nobody in the crowd will have heard. It's a good way to lose people's interest. But anytime we've practiced it and rehearsed it, we've been like, this is really uh, going to destroy why so um yeah that's the that's the main one i think that we're looking it's for. a great song totally 
how many years Brother Moses's epic ending to Desperation Prime, <laughs> which again, you can pre-order on Red Vinyl via brothermoses.org or brothermoses.bandcamp.com. You can stream the entire record on your streaming service of choice. Brother Moses, thank you so much for spending some time with me on this April afternoon, evening, whatever. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome. And everyone, you're about to hear how many years. Thanks for listening to Look at My Records.